Well, Ephesians chapter 6 at verse 23, may the Spirit give us ears to hear what he's saying to the church in this God's infallible word. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And we'll stop our reading there. As we hear again from Paul's letter, this closing benediction, as it's called sometimes, or closing blessing. And we should remember, I hope we always remember every day, the wonder that there is blessing for sinners at all in a fallen world. We should be surprised every time we read of blessing. We should be amazed every time we read of blessing in the Bible. We shouldn't be those who primarily wonder why bad things happen to good people. That's the way the world thinks. We should be Christians who are amazed that there is blessing for us at all. And we know how that blessing has come to us, don't we? Jesus came, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the curse of the law by becoming a curse himself. Never forget, beloved, if you know God's blessing this morning, it's on account of the cursing of Christ. The great exchange the great substitution on the cross. And here then we have just one form of the blessing or benediction of God to his people. And in this blessing, in Ephesians 6, Paul unites three well-known Christian gifts. Peace, love, and faith. The only other time in the Bible that those three are combined together is what we read before the prayer of confession, 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But here they are together, the other place in Scripture where these three are combined, Ephesians 6. Verse 23, last time out of this verse, we considered the blessing of peace. We looked at its source, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at its recipients, peace to the brothers, the brethren, brothers and sisters in the family of God. We looked at peace from whom it comes and to whom real lasting peace belongs. But to this great blessing of peace, Paul now adds two, and he adds them in a very unique way. Peace to the brothers and love with faith. Love with faith. The Holy Spirit writing through the Apostle Paul, 
didn't merely say love and faith, peace, love, and faith. It's not just love even together with faith, but much more intimately connected. What Paul wrote was love united to faith. He uses a word here in Greek, a preposition, that has the basic meaning of in the midst of. It can mean in the company of or accompanied by, of close association with, or with the aid and help of. If you want to get the sense of this word and and how uh, profound and intimate it is, It's the word that Jesus uses at the end of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 20. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus with us and we with him. And now that same language used here of these next two parts of God's blessing, love with faith. Love with faith. And the intimate connection of both. Well, how do those two realities relate? Well, again, they are both from the Father and the Son by the ministry and working of the Holy Spirit. Both faith and love are gifts of God to his people. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Saving faith is a gift from God. And so is love. Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, said Paul, that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God first loved us and he blesses us with the gospel gift of love. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you remember Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and what's the very first one that's mentioned? Love. Both love and faith are gifts of God in the gospel but they are also gifts that are united together in important and wonderful ways. Because as Christians, by God's grace and the working of his spirit, we will be, we are and we will be increasingly people who have a loving faith and a believing love. They are intimately connected. A loving faith and a believing love. Well, first, what does it mean to have a loving faith? Many people claim to have faith. 
But is it genuine faith? Is it gospel faith? Is it living faith? Is it justifying faith? We need to always be reminded we are and can only be justified by faith alone. By faith alone, from looking away from ourselves to the Savior. Galatians 2.16 Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. That needs to be reiterated, repeated over and over and over again. To kill pride, but also as great good news for sinners. By faith alone, in Christ alone. Because anything that we would offer to God is sinful and imperfect. I was speaking with someone recently and I said, well, you know, in school, if you write a test at school, the passing grade can be 50%, as low as 50%. I've heard even some contexts, some schools, the passing grade was 40% these days. And I asked this person, what do you think God's passing grade is? And his answer shocked me. Not in the usual way that it shocks me. But listen to, listen to what this person said. What do you think God's passing grade is? Mm, 98, 99%. They got it and didn't get it at the same time. God must. be a, a perfect and holy judge. And yet that, that, that sinful fallen instinct to offer something yet of myself had to be there. 99%. No, 100%. Perfect. Perfection. Whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. We are either perfectly innocent or guilty. There's no middle ground. No, we are not justified in whole or in part by the works of the law, but by faith alone, in Christ alone. But here is something else that the Bible makes very clear. Justifying faith True faith, living faith, is never alone. That's what James, in his letter, emphasizes repeatedly. There must be real works that flow out of, as the fruit of faith, in a Christian life. J.C. Ryle said, the Christianity which is from above will always be known by its fruits. It will produce in the person who has it repentance, faith, hope, love, humility, spirituality, self-denial, unselfishness, forgiveness, temperance, truthfulness, brotherly kindness, patience, and forbearance. 
The degree in which these various graces appear may vary in different believers, but the seed of them will be found in all who are the children of God. If you have the root of true justifying faith in Christ alone, there will be good fruit in your life, or as James says, your faith is dead. And beloved, love is the crown jewel among the fruit of the gospel. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Paul wrote in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The New King James has faith working through love. Are you a believer this morning? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? Then let me ask you by way of self-examination, are you a love-filled, loving believer? Saving, justifying faith is always alone. We are justified by faith alone, but justifying faith is never alone. And love, love is the preeminent grace of the Christian life. We must have in our Christian lives a loving faith. A loving faith. But that love must come from the inside out, from a new heart. That's where it comes. Even this, uh, this love in the Christian life is not something that we just work up in our own strength. Justifying faith and love are gifts from God. But growing in love, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It, it comes as God's Spirit works in our hearts and lives. It doesn't come when we wake up in the morning and just look ourselves in the mirror and resolve in our own strength to be loving. That's not going to last. That'll last five minutes in your own strength. If that No, this love comes from the inside out. We have a beautiful oak tree in our front yard now. Gift last year from the congregation. I planted it last fall. But if you have an oak tree on your property, you know that of all the trees, oak trees, even when their leaves turn brown, keep their leaves. They stay on the tree. All the other leaves have fallen to the ground. Our oak tree had leaves throughout the whole winter. The wind didn't blow them off. The cold didn't cause them to fall. The weight of the snow, nothing. When did they fall off, do you think, boys and girls? When did those leaves fall off? If you go see my tree now, our tree, those brown leaves are gone. And they're beautiful green leaves. When did they fall off? They fell off in the springtime 
when from the roots, through the trunk and the branches, the new life of the sap and of springtime pushed the old leaves off. That's how they came off, from the inside out. That's a beautiful picture of the Christian life and how love will come in our lives more and more. Because isn't it true that love for the world and love of self above all other loves cannot be blown off or shaken off by the winds of human effort? It is only growth from the heart, from a heart renewed by God's grace. The, the expulsive power of a new affection, as the Puritans said, united to Christ, the true vine, as he works in our heart, as the Spirit works in our heart, as we pray for that change, that the old leaves fall away and the lovely leaves of the Christian life appear. True faith works itself out in love. Love worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And what is that love? What does it look like? Well, it is self-denying, self-forgetful, self-sacrificial obedience and concern for others. That's what love is for others, for God and for our neighbor. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbors yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. How do we show our love for God? We keep his commandments. Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? You show your love for God by keeping the commandments. Not just the first four, but all ten of them. Shows love for God, but especially the first four. And love for neighbor is summarized in commandments five through ten. This is love, the ten commandments. You cannot say you love God and habitually worship an idol. First commandment. You must worship him alone. You cannot say you love God and be unconcerned for biblical worship, how he has commanded. Second commandment. Love says, God, how have you told me you want to be worshipped? We cannot say we love God and treat God and the things of God lightly or vainly or carelessly, but reverently and soberly. You cannot say, I love God and not be a Sabbath keeper. Fourth commandment. We must remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. We cannot Just say we love others and sinfully disrespect parents or authority in our lives, hate or injure others, indulge in impurity, steal, lie, or covet. 
That is what it means to love, that we will honor our parents and lawful authority, that we love life and seek life, that we have lives of moral purity, that we promote the prosperity of our neighbor, that we tell the truth, and that we're content. That's love. And so we are to have a loving faith, faith with love. But we are also to have a believing love. These two, remember, are connected. Love with faith. Well, if we are to have a loving faith, faith working itself out in love, also, but perhaps less obviously, there is to be a believing love. You are to exercise love in your life with an ever-increasing faith. And this is really so helpful. I found this so helpful as I thought about living a life of love in the world, to see how it is intimately connected with faith. And the more that I grow in faith, the more encouraged I am and enabled to be loving. Biblical gospel faith will promote and help and encourage love in your life. Well, how so? Well, first, your love to God will increase as your faith increases. As you really believe what God's word says, Do I really believe that I am saved by grace alone, by pure mercy, that apart from God's grace in Christ, I would be anyone or anything in this world, even what I might now never imagine I could ever be? Do we really believe that? Do you believe that as you read the news? and you read about people, or you watch the media, or you watch, you know, this news report, or that coverage of that, that parade, or that what demonstrate, whatever it is, that you really believe that apart from the grace of God and Jesus Christ, I would be there rather than here. And really believe it. that will fan into flame your love for God. To remember by faith, according to the word of God, that there lies in my heart the seed of every known sin to man. 'Forgiven much does what? Loves much. Forgiven much loves much. The more you grow in faith in the word of God, what it says about who we were and who we now are, all for the sake of Christ, your love for God will be fueled and fanned into flame. But also, this applies as well with respect to those around us, our neighbors, and especially in the church. To love well and to love better, I must have faith according to God's word, along many lines, 
I must believe, as I think about how I love people around me, or don't love them, as I should, I must believe more certainly that everyone I meet is an image of God person with an eternal soul. That's what God's word tells me. From now on, 2 Corinthians 5, we consider no one from an earthly point of view. Though once we considered Christ that way, we do so no longer, and we should do so no longer with anyone that we meet. Everyone we meet is an image of God person with an eternal soul. Doesn't, won't that help you love people? We need to believe more certainly that God has forgiven and been patient with me more than I ever will need to be toward another human being. Do I believe that? And the more I believe that, the more loving I will be enabled to be. Do I believe more certainly that my fellow believers here in the church, brothers and are brothers and sisters in Christ, with whom I will spend eternity? The more I believe that, the more loving I will be helped to be. Ian Hamilton said, we need to speak to one another and about one another in ways that honors the Christ we serve and the people he loves. To remember that he loves them. So why don't I? I must believe more certainly that God sees what I do in love. We can be discouraged in pouring ourselves out in love to other people especially when that goes unthanked and unnoticed and unrecognized. I have to admit that. I'm, I'm not spiritual enough to be above that. The devil can still whisper in my ear, why do you keep doing that? No, but they don't care. I must believe that God sees what I do in love. Hebrews 6.10 God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. I need to believe that. I need to believe more certainly that God really uses our loving deeds for good. Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God uses it. And I need to believe more certainly that God can even convert my enemies in this life. So that I hear by faith the call... In Matthew 5, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends his reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. And I need to believe more certainly that in the end, love will win. Love will win. 
It won't be the hate of this world and hatefulness that we see all around us that will win. It won't even be the remaining abiding hate in my own soul that will win. Love wins. Love wins, and love will remain. Jonathan Edwards, in one of his most well-known sermons, the sermon was called Heaven, a World of Love, said, Heaven itself, the place of habitation, is a garden of pleasures, a heavenly paradise fitted in all respects for an abode of heavenly love. All things there doubtless remarkably show forth the beauty and loveliness of God and Christ and have a luster of divine love upon them. The very light which shines and fills that world is the light of love. It is beams of love, for it is the shining of the glory of the Lamb and of God, that most wonderful influence of lamb-like meekness and love which fills the heavenly Jerusalem with light. This renders heaven a world of love, for God is the fountain of love as the sun is the fountain of light. And therefore, the glorious presence of God in heaven fills heaven with love as the sun placed in the midst of the hemisphere and a clear day fills the world with light. As the flowers on the earth in a pleasant spring day open their bosoms to the sun to be filled with his warmth and light and to flourish in beauty and fragrancy by his rays. Every saint is a flower in the garden of God and holy love is the fragrancy and sweet odor which they all send forth and which, with which they fill that paradise. This glorious God is manifested and shines forth in full glory in beams of love. Therefore, the, found, the fountain overflows in streams and rivers of love and delight enough for all to drink at and to swim in, yea, so as to overflow the world, as it were, with a deluge of love. There the Holy Spirit shall be poured forth with perfect sweetness as a pure river. How does the Lord bless you? He blesses you with peace and faith with love. A loving faith and a believing love. Beloved, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love.